Hello, everyone. My guest today is John Cook. He's the CEO of VMLYNR. The agency created a global marketing force with almost 7,000 employees in principal offices in Kansas City, London, Sao Paulo, Shanghai, Singapore, and Sydney. Prior to leading VMLYNR, John served as the VML Global CEO from 2011 to 2018. He joined the agency in 1996, and during his tenure at VML, grew from 30 employees in Kansas City, Missouri, to more than 3,000 employees across six continents. So, John, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm listening to that, and it's I'm like, who is this guy you're talking about? <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of memories packed into that, into all that. So, but anyway, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Who is that guy? That's a good question, and probably yeah. all the all the people listening right now also ask that uh, ask themselves that question. So, give us a little bit more background and tell us how we got to where we are today. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, so it, so the VML YNR, which is certainly a mouthful of letters, it's it's an advertising agency, a global advertising agency, and I'm 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 somebody who grew up in the middle of the United States, always wanting to be in an ad agency, and loved advertising, and and uh, grew up that way, went to college for that uh, as part of a journalism program, and and here we are, you know, thirty some years later, uh, getting the chance to lead one of the biggest ad agencies in the world and, and uh, living the dream, still getting to do that here where I grew up in Kansas City, which is right in the middle of the U.S., uh, but getting to work across everywhere in the world. And, and uh, it's, been, it's been a great run and, um, and still, still, you know, even though the size has changed, I get to be around branding and advertising and everything that I love the same way I did when I was in high school. So how did it all develop? You you went to high school, probably to college, and then joined the company when it was like pretty small, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, I was always that kid that wanted to be in advertising. So high school, I was doing it. College, I was doing it. But then I got out of college and I, I joined a, a small agency and was there for a couple of years and then immediately joined this really small agency as about the 20th person at a company called VML. And then it was really small. And, and as you said, it just... It just uh, was able to, to, to be there for, you know, 20, 23, 24 years before we merged with uh, Young and Rubicam to become VML YNR. So I've had a long stretch at this company and, and the chance to uh, early on to take a really big leadership position and eventually became the, the CEO and then the CEO of the merged company. Uh, so I've been doing that for, for a long time and certainly learning along the way. That's very cool. Um, what were what were some of your top resources along the way? Because I guess you joined when we were like a pretty young guy, 25, 30 years old, maybe. Um, how did that, how did it develop away top resources? Yeah, I think resources, you know, it's a, it's an interesting word because they come in lots of forms. There's been great people. The, the number one thing is that, you know, while I get to be called the CEO, the number one resource, so to speak, has been, there's been a group of us that have been together in various leadership positions for for over 20 years. And then those, those people have, you know, through the years become not only just a great leadership team, but some of my best friends. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful experience. I, I guess resource is a good way to put that because it's, it's when your best friends and your fellow leaders are together that long, you know, that's, that's been the number one source of motivation and inspiration and, and learning for me. Uh, that's, that's been great and it's a good lesson in, you know, just surrounding yourself with amazing people. That's that's a huge resource, you know. And on and on the, you know, I think in advertising, there's so many characters and people and personalities in this business because it's it's a subjective, qualitative business, not a quantitative one. Because you're talking about advertising and brands, and because of that, you see all types. And I've I've had the chance to learn from people who are, you know, been great influences. But I've also had the chance to uh, to equally to see people that with huge egos and 
huge selfishness that, you know, it's, it's, I've, I actually like that too, because I saw exactly what I don't want to be. <laughs> so it's reverse, That's good. if you will. How, how, just how many companies of that size, like around 7,000 employees in a marketing space are out there? Like, I guess there are not a lot, right? Right. Yeah. There's, um, it's, 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 um, you know, it's about a billion dollar revenue business at, at this company. And there's probably, I don't, I don't know how many, but there's, there's, you know, maybe, maybe 20 or so that are that big or bigger in our industry. The industry is made up of a lot of those large size ones. We're certainly not the biggest, but, but yeah. that's certainly up there. And then there's, you know, it's the, the, the agency world is, is, has all sorts of small agencies and local agencies, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's 20 ones so, that are a billion dollars or more. Do you try to kind of like learn from people who are one step ahead, maybe like from 1.5 billion revenue or two, um, or how do you're trying to, to navigate the company in the right direction? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't look at many people who have bigger companies as an aspiration in, in the advertising world, because I just, I, I, I think, and I know there's some fantastic leaders and I have a lot of respect for them. Don't, don't mistake me on that, but I don't, I've just always found that, that that we've got our own personality and what we're doing here. And by, by keeping to that personality and the personality of new people that come into our company, it's, it's the better way to grow because we keep, I, I don't ever want to look at a playbook or a handbook for a bigger agency. I like not knowing what we're doing because it forces us to ask the right questions every day. Every day that this company is a dollar bigger, it's the biggest yeah. company. It's the biggest company that I've ever led every day it's a little bit bigger. And I think that forces, it's healthy to not know what you're doing because it forces you to, to really ask questions. And so I'm not really interested in anybody else's timeline or roadmap or blueprint. Um, and that's not to be mistaken for not respecting other people. It's just, no, no, I think that's cool. You know, yeah. No, that's cool. What do you think, John, is your core skill that has helped you to, to get the company where it is today? Well, uh, it's good. Like, like all of us, we have, you know, I have my strengths and my weaknesses and, uh, but, but, but certainly something that I've, I've found as a strength is I love, I just, it's a strength and also one that I love, which helps, which is the idea of visualizing an experience you want people to have with your company. And then once you have that, you know, we're in a customer service business, we have clients, we have partners, and I like to visualize the experience that somebody has with us. And then retrofit or, or work backwards for if that's the dream experience I want somebody to feel about working with us, how do we create, what are the ingredients that are necessary to create that experience? And in some respects, uh, I, worked at, I worked at Disney World for a little bit while I was in college. And I just loved that there was an experience that you had, but you could, you could reverse engineer and see all the ingredients that made up that experience. Most people couldn't put their finger on why the experience was wonderful, but somebody somewhere knew exactly what those ingredients were. I love visualizing the end game of an experience and then working backwards on who. So, so how do you visualize that? How, yeah, how it's, 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 it's kind of putting myself in the audience of the person that, that is going to have that experience. You know, let's say you've got a, a client partner that's got a huge marketing challenge. They've got a lot of stress and like you can just start to, but they've got a big, you know, brand launch ahead of them. You could just kind of, understand what they want. They'd want somebody really strategic. They'd want somebody who moves quickly. They'd want somebody who is appreciative and, and listens to them. And, and they'd want somebody when they had a meeting with them, they, they, they looked forward to that part of their day. And then you know, visualize that and then say, what do we need to do to contribute to that experience? Yeah. 
no makes sense i i think that's cool do you have any principles that you apply to to the company i, I have a couple things that i do i i for and i ask all of our leadership to do and in, in kind of kind of a humble way to do it in their own way but but the, I, i believe in people other leaders having their own personality their own stamp on things so I don't, i'm not very regimented about it except for one thing and that is that i ask every leader in this company to when they wake up in the morning and when they go to bed at night to think about the trilogy of three important things and make sure those are in balance. And those things that I'd ask them to think about are our business, our culture, and our work, as in the work we put out, the creativity and the, and the, the product that we put out. And I feel like it'd be very easy to have any one of those things really strong, but it would be in the absence of the others. The trick from a leadership standpoint is how do you, as a leader with your personality, make sure that those three things are in balance so that, you know, you could have a wonderful business and just drive huge profits, but your work probably wouldn't be very good. And your culture would be, would be really bad. But if you can find the balance of those, have a wonderful culture, wonderful business, wonderful work, then, then you're a strong leader. And, and I just ask everybody to think about that as a principle when they wake up, when they go to sleep. Now with that principle in place, how you as a leader put your own personality into that is completely up to you. And that's the richness of the, and the fabric of the company. Understood. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. I've never heard that kind of like, kind of like scheme, but that's very cool. Um, so John, you have been in the industry now for how many years? 20, 30? Yeah. I joined uh, my first agency in 1990, 1993. 1993. Okay. I think I said 1996, but anyway, um, 96, so you saw it. Yeah. 96 in VML and then, but 93 uh, coming out of college. Yeah. So. Understood. Okay. So you have been there for almost 30 years um, or 25 years. What changed since then and where do you see the industry go in the next five years and in the next 30 years? Yeah. Um, first of all, one, one thing I do like about the industry is that no matter how is how some things haven't changed when, you know, so much just changed, which I'll talk about, but I, I love that at the end of the day, marketing is still about persuasive communication to an audience with a wonderful message that resonates, you know, and so, so at the end of the day, that's no different than when I first got the business. I love that about this industry, that fundamental principle of persuasive communication about a brand is and, and understanding an audience at, the, at its core is still there. Now what's changed is uh, the biggest change. And maybe obviously is just the channels that you have to reach somebody and the, the, the fragmentation of, of, of trying to reach somebody, the amount of choices somebody has to consume media and content. I love that challenge though about this industry because it forces us back to the basics and that's cutting through the clutter and being relevant or entertaining or um, functional or useful in somebody's life. And so we have to, to be able to connect a brand with a person. If you think about it in your own life, think of the amount of things that, that you have on your plate and how relevant, entertaining or useful a brand has to be to enter your paradigm. And that, That's gotten harder and harder through the years, but I love that it has because it's weeded out bad communications and forced us to be that much more impactful with what we do. Understood. Okay. And, and so I get, I get it that the channels changed. Um, where do you see marketing in, in 30 years? 30 years. I'm just, I'm just trying to get to Friday. Uh, but in it doesn't years, have to be right. It just has to be kind of like, oh, I, I ask that question yeah. um, almost every guest. And it doesn't mean that they have to give the 
no one can give the correct answer, but just to to see their vision of where it could be in five yeah. years. Yeah, no, I totally understand. I appreciate the question. I love the question actually, and um, I certainly don't know, but I, I I think I think where you can see, I like following some of the trends that are that exist right now, and then taking them to the the maximum degree because five, ten, twenty, thirty years is so much time. It and so is. you can just it's it's fun to think about where some of these trends will go, such as you know the trend of 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 person mass personalization, the ability for brands to communicate at mass, but to do that in a very personalized way. And if you think about how personalized your social media feed is with advertising or your your any anything in your life, how personalized it is right now, almost to the point of being you know intrusive, um, but hopefully still at the point of being relevant. Imagine the technology in just three years, but let alone 30 and, and how, how deep that will shape. And so uh, there's a, there's a kind of a scary aspect of that, of course, but I mean, the positive aspect of that mass personalization is, is how curated your, your life will be in terms of the communication message you're seeing. I love that every day that goes by, there's a, there's a merging of where we shop and where we get entertained and where we consume um, information. And the, the, those things will converge. I mean, in 30 years, they'll be so converged um, that it'll just be fantastic. So that you'd never really know if you're in a buying mode. Right now, you kind of go into a shopping mode or you're going into a mode of entertaining yourself. And you can probably, if you look through your day, start to see the blend. Imagine that blend five years from now. You know, when you don't even, you don't know when you're entering or leaving a shopping situation or entering or leaving an entertainment situation or an information gathering session yeah. all just together. I love that, uh, that potential. Yeah, no, that's, that's a very interesting point of view. W one thing that I'm curious is how do you guys adapt to kind of like new, new trends, for example, on new, new social media platform, for example, when something like TikTok comes around, like, do you guys care and, and kind of like try to adapt to it or? How how do you make sure that seven thousand people um, adapt to these new trends? Yeah, we, we we definitely care. We definitely have to learn them, and I think you know we we work hard to understand them, understand the platform's relevance, and to be to be early into that game. But we're also quick to 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 point out that every platform's not right for everyone, and and to to really focus on on only using it when it's relevant. And then if we make the decision that it's relevant for together with a brand that it's relevant, then we go but in and we how, how do you decide if it's relevant or not? We decide back to the basics. Yeah, basic basics of marketing, uh, of, of understanding an audience, understanding how an audience wants to consume a brand, uh, understanding where that, what, what, the, what a channel can do best. You know, if, if, it, if it entertains or if it informs or if it does a little bit of both or it's a shopping channel. Or if it's a combination of all those, we, we really evaluate it for those things and understand, like, for example, we work with um, the, 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 the restaurant, the fast food restaurant, Wendy's, a lot in the United States, a big partner. Yeah. Of ours. And they are hugely known for a very successful platforms in Twitter and Facebook and, and all sorts of social media platforms, uh, Instagram. But if you look at the voice of Wendy's across each channel, it's dramatically different in how sassy they are they may be more uh sassy or smart aleck in twitter where you can you can be a little more aggressive in your voice and when you see them in instagram it may be more fun loving more more comfortable more more um, image oriented but the personality is all in the same the personality of wendy's is set there's a brand personality but you'll see yeah. that brand personality tweak 
differently by the channel. And that's as a, as an agency, we have to understand the, the power of each channel differently. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. That makes sense. Um, John, so, so which, which role does personal branding play for you as a CEO in, in your industry or for you as a CEO in general? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It's something that, um, you know, as you get more and more prominent in your role or the agency gets bigger, I have to, I think about it more, I guess I had never have put a lot of focus on my own personal brand. And I think that's because I've been at the same company for so long that myself and our other leadership, the company has sort of taken on a, a good combination of all of our leaders personalities into one. And so, um, it's, it's not a company that's named after me or named after any, any one person who's here. And so, Uh, you know, tried to tried to avoid the company being about any one person. And so with my own personal brand, you know, it's, it's important to me because it's important to the company for us to have a voice and I and have a, a nice platform to speak, but I don't, I, I, I'm careful not to have the company become me or, and I, I think there's danger. If you look at across the advertising agency landscape, there's a lot of agencies that are completely based on the personality of the founder, in fact, named that way. And I think there's a danger in that. Uh, it starts to marginalize other people eventually if you're not careful. Now, there's successful exceptions to that. But, you know, we're, we're more about let's have one company personality and each of us as individuals with our platforms. Let's help forward that all with our own personality. And, and, and I certainly have one and, and put it out there. Uh, and, but it's, it's, less about this, it's less about me, but it's more about the traits that I try to represent. And that's, you know, being graceful, being humble, being aggressive, being competitive, being transparent. And those are, those are attributes that I think all of our leaders have, but how we manifest them are different by each of us. And I, I love that. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point of view and, and totally makes sense to me. Um, okay, John, let's wrap up here with the fantastic four. <clears throat> Question number one, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Well, I mentioned Disney earlier, so I have to say Bob Iger. He's the CEO of the Disney company. Now he's not going to be, he's just, they've just announced a change, but Bob Iger, I love the way he creates experience and builds that portfolio. Awesome. Very cool. Do you have any routines that you strictly follow on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, I wake up and, and think about, um, I'm not too formulaic, but I think about showing, how do I show up and how do I follow up? And that's my mantra every day is how do I show I love up that. how do I follow up? You know, how it changes is different every day. That's interesting. Okay, next question. What's your favorite social media platform for a business and what do you specifically use it for? I use Twitter the most for business and I use it 20% for putting my communication out there, but 80% for reading. I love how Twitter lets you curate your, your feed and, and your interest. Twitter by far. Awesome. What do you wish you knew when you were 20 years old? <laughs> What I wish I knew. I, I feel pretty good. I wish I, I wish I would have uh, been smart enough to, to found one of these, you know, these big technology, uh, these, these, these game changers like an Uber where you, Something yeah. sitting right, right there waiting for you. Like all the infrastructure was there. The cars were there. The need was there. Somebody just put it together. You know, there's no, there's no technology there at all. It's just, it's just merging things that existed. And I love that. I love companies that started that way. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for your insights, John. Thanks for having me. I love the conversation and let's, let's, let's uh, keep the dialogue going sometime. Definitely.